Good morning, afternoon, evening, or night. Whatever time of day you find yourself listening to this. I'm Jackson, and I'm here with Dan. Hello, everyone. Or Hutch, however you want to refer to him. I think you can call him most things as long as it's nice. Exactly. But we're back in the saddle. We're ready to have another episode of Life on the Vine. Back in the Hannah C. Howard studio. How is the most famous person that we know? She's good. Good. Yeah, Yeah, we're uh, just coming off of Thanksgiving. We Mm. had a... Uh, intimate family gathering, which was nice. That's good. I'm just a middle schooler, and anytime you use the word intimate, it's like... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. We're off to a good start. Yeah. Uh, But no, she's she's good. She's... uh, Yeah, she's good. Good. Getting into uh, the holiday season. She's got the 10th anniversary of her shop. Yeah, so it's she's painting some mugs and uh, doing a couple things there. And I mean, she doesn't have a lot of time because if we have a baby, you know, eight month old. But yeah, in the time that she has, she is almost that. not a baby anymore. Almost toddler. It's crazy. He's uh, he stood up this morning and like stayed. Usually he falls like immediately over. He loves standing up, but he like stood up. He was up for probably at least like a three or four count. Nice, like, solid like slow seconds. Nice. Yeah. You think he's going to be an early walker? I he hates crawling. He can crawl, but he's does not want to. He wants to stand. So I I think he might be. Yeah. Encourage that crawling. Crawl I know, crawl we crawl. Are. Jess thinks that he's going to be an early walker. Yeah. I'm like sitting on the other side of the room and waving a rattle at him yeah. and saying like come here come here i, I feel like my, my dog thinks that i'm calling her mm-hmm. last night i was doing mm-hmm. it and she kept coming over and getting in his way but anyways yeah good yeah good yeah how's 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 your fam jackson oh we're good we're just a bundle of chaos good <laughs> but it's wonderful yeah so i have a quick campbell story yeah that's really funny please so of course we're in the middle of pandemic things have uh coronavirus has spiked here where we are uh more cases than ever right yeah and we have a a three-year-old who's uh a little hyperactive yeah so we're, you know, and, and we spent a lot of time together as a family over the Thanksgiving break, all that. So uh, we've been together a lot and we've been at our house yeah. a lot. And Campbell was like, yes, I need to go crazy. And so she's just high energy. She's not being bad or anything. She's just high energy, lots of energy. And I can tell that her mom is like, a little bit overwhelmed with the energy. So Campbell and I pack up into the car and we go to the playground. We go outside and she is just like so excited to get to the playground. And as soon as we get there, this other little girl comes up and says, hey, do you want to be friends? And Campbell was like, yes, I would love to be friends. And so (laughs) she's playing with this girl. It's super cute. And this girl has this backpack and um, she pulls out these different toys that they they play with and stuff. 
and they're they are just kind of running laps through the big toy around the big toy all that stuff and they go behind the big toy and you know just pop out the other side and Campbell runs up to me and says daddy look she did my makeup and just lipstick all over her face this stranger's lipstick everywhere all over Campbell's face and I'm just like we're all gonna die (laughs) but she was so proud of herself that she got her makeup done by her new friend yeah Uh, it's very sweet yeah the mom was like horrified she was like no I'm so sorry I'm like yeah builds character our daughter's disgusting anyway yeah. so <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter anyway sorry oh, man no that's, that's good, my yeah. life in a nutshell yeah yeah i like it i like it yeah that has nothing to do with what we're talking about what we're talking about today is a really interesting topic i think i think it's a interesting topic just in general i think it's one that our culture um struggles to balance or even sees the need to balance I think it's a topic that individuals um, either struggle with or don't. They either see the, they don't see it as an issue or they don't even try it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're talking about the pursuit of excellence. Yeah. Some of you may be scratching your head now. Like, why are you talking about the pursuit of excellence? That doesn't make any sense in how we live our life with Jesus. Mm. Why don't you explain a little bit, Dan? How yeah. How does this relate to being tied into life on the vine? Yeah. So I think in a lot of different ways, I would say. But um, a couple of things just to begin. One would be that we see... Um, Okay, I'm going to start that over again. Start it over. I'm going to sip of coffee. Yeah. Dan brought us coffee today. Um, like, Which is, I'm Which also means it. that we both needed coffee yeah. today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I ran out of coffee this morning. Or uh-huh. I, I actually ran out yesterday and I Ooh. woke up. And so he got up at like six. And when I got up, I usually make my coffee first thing. And yeah. I have no coffee. Oh. So it was rough. Yeah. Um. What's Hannah doing? Is she just she's a tea drinker, binging on tea. Yeah, she she makes a pot, like a a large pot every morning. Does she just stick with one pot a day, or does she drink more? She probably she she'll drink usually a cup in the afternoon, but um, the pot's probably like a four cupper. Okay, four or five cups. Nice. Yeah, I'll drink four or five cups of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Oh man. Anyway, okay, so carry on. Yes. So the pursuit of excellence, I, I, well, I think we see it in our world. I think that, and like you said, Jackson, I, I think there may be a couple different schools of, of thought on this. Not to be critical, but I think there are some people that maybe are, are not, um, and well, that says something about me that I think it's a critique. Some people are not pursuing excellence, right? You um, know, it's kind of like me. I get my inspiration from Peter Lafleur the star of the movie Dodgeball. <laughs> and uh, he once said, I find that if I have a goal that you might not reach it, but that way I'm never disappointed. Never. Dis- yeah. Yes. So that's, <laughs> that's one side of the pursuit that's one of excellence. Side of things. But I think 
through in, in our world we 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 have this um this sense that like we need to achieve and we need to i think students sense this a lot when they're in mm-hmm. school right they get into elementary school and already they have people talking to them about junior high and about high school and and sometimes even about college and like getting on the right track and what are the extracurriculars and what are the what's the service that you're doing and it's all about this trajectory like you need to be excellent now so that you can achieve and and receive things later and so that you can be kind of excellent later and i think there's a lot of pressure to perform um which i think is is related but um and, and i think when we look at our world too and we think about like you know who are people that we look up to who are people that we are you know aspire to be like you oftentimes in except in you know cases like uh matt lafleur not matt lafleur <laughs> um peter lafleur peter La- sorry just Freudian, no, Matt Freudian LeFleur slip. is excellent Freudian very goal oriented Freudian slip. Uh, <laughs> Man, taking shots. <laughs> I know. Um, but there's there's often excellence associated with that. Um, whether it's athletes, I mean, you know, a LeBron James or a Russell Wilson, a Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, Tom Brady, a Bill Belichick, um, you know, even even you know, a Barack Obama. Like there's there's an excellence in what the person has achieved, what the person has done. Uh, an excellence maybe in mind, an excellence in craft. And and those are the things that we kind of say, hey, if you if you want to be if you want to reach the next level, then you need to kind of pursue this this excellence. Um and I and I think the the question that that I find myself, you know, wrestling with is, you know, what does that look like for for a Christian? And, and I, and I think one of the critiques that I hear a lot about Christians is that there's a lack of excellence in what Christians do. So I think about, mm. yeah, which is rough, which is rough. But I think rough. about uh, the music industry or the movie industry or Ooh, cringe, you know, there's cringe. like, you're like, oh, you're a really good Christian artist. Right, it's 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 oh, it's like you look good for your age. <laughs> it is. You're like you look really good for your age. Or, yeah, um, you know. But I mean, you say tell someone like, hey, this this was like a Christian movie, or this was made by Christians, and the automatic assumption is going to be like, well, it's probably bad. At least like not quality. Maybe yeah. the message is good. Maybe it's, but it's probably going to be cheesy. It's probably going to have bad acting. Um, you know. Etc. 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 Yeah, and and I think so. There's this sort of in the arts. Um, I, I think sometimes it, there's the perception. I don't think this is true, and we have folks in our own congregation. But even the the perception, maybe that even in in the sciences, or there's there's a, a lack of excellence among Christians. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that's. I mean, I think of Professor Jerry McCoy or others, you know, in our own congregation who would sort of um, be the, be the proof that that's not necessarily the case. But I think there's a perception, yeah, in our in our world. Well, about I, that, I think that that's fair. Um, and I think maybe I'm like jumping to the end of the conversation here yeah, already. Yeah. 
but we can we can state our point and then come back and yeah talk about I, it more i think that there's a difference between between stating something as explicitly Christian and then it's got to live up to a certain expectation because Mm. this is Christian Mm. or people like get behind it, even though the quality isn't like really great because it's, it's Christian. Right. And whereas you have a lot of people, I think within the sciences, within arts, within uh, sports that, are Christians, yeah. but they have pursued excellence in their craft. Yes. I think that that's what makes some... Um, there. I think there was an era of Christian music, specifically within yeah. kind of like the rock category, um, it, that was really good. Um, and it was because they weren't really like Christian bands. They mm. weren't under like a Christian label. Yeah. They were just Christians who were in bands that had bands. I mean, with the, um, maybe with the exception of like Reliant K, they were very explicitly like Christian rock. Right. Yeah, but, but Reliant K was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> awesome. But you had these other bands like Switchfoot did yeah. not, they were not under a Christian label initially. Yeah. They were just, a band yeah. who were Christian, yeah. right? Yeah. Same with POD. They have one of the first like Christian rock crossover things, yeah. right? Yeah. So they're just bands that are Christians and their message of uh, of Christ and redemption and being alive in Christ or whatever it is for the particular yeah. song or the particular album um, oozes out and it's excellent, so it draws a broader audience, um, but it's all stemming from Christ. Yeah. If, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. So that that gets me into kind of what I want us to, and, and I think that's a fascinating topic of being Christians in different arenas versus being a Christian in a sort of subsection of a Christian area of that arena you know like yeah yeah like so so hannah of whom for whom the hannah c howard studio is named most famous person that we know the most famous person that we know has you know published a book and she even though she is obviously a christian Mm -hmm. you know didn't publish under a christian house because she wanted her book to go out to a wider audience right right so she would be that christian within the framework of just the the publishing world right. versus a, she's not writing quote unquote Christian books. I mean, neither was Tolkien to be, you know, yeah, that's one of the, his critiques of Lewis is that he thought Lewis's books were like too explicitly sort of on the nose with yeah. Christianity. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so within that, so, okay. So think about it. We're Christians. We're in the realm of whatever sphere it is, science, arts, sports, and we're trying to pursue excellence. And I'm going to ask the question, can a Christian ever be at the very top of a particular field? And the reason that I ask that... Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Is that I think about the time that it takes and the energy that it takes and the focus that it takes 
to pursue something to that extent to become the absolute very best. And at what point is there a point in that pursuit where the thing switches from doing this out of service and worship to God, where it switches to become an idol, where it switches to become something that is sort of all-consuming, and where that thing now is no longer the second thing or the third thing or the fourth thing in service to the first thing, which is God, but has actually become the first thing. Right. So I've been watching you know sports we watched the world series uh this fall and um last night i watched some of the seahawks eagles game which is not like a great game but you know i, I think about um a russell wilson you know an aaron Rodgers. i mean yeah. like in at 4 a.m stays late watches tape he like lives and breathes football and then posts weird things on instagram with sierra's wife but like you know like he's he like eat breathes sleeps football and they were talking about dk metcalf new wide receiver second year and it's kind of the same thing like he has got and they're actually kind of contrasting him with tyler lockett who apparently after practice tyler lockett will go like write poetry and like um draw plays for the offense and then dk metcalf just hits the weight room right so it's just like this all-consuming thing and yet that's kind of what it takes in that arena to be excellent, to be the, the best of the best. But can you do that as a Christian? I mean, if you're, you know, does that leave time for for worship, for prayer, for um, meditation, for just being with God? Uh, how, how do you keep that thing from truly becoming idolatrous? Yeah. What do you uh, think? I think to answer your question, yes, you can be a Christian and be on the top of your field. Cool. For sure. Yeah. I think that the, like I said, I kind of come from the Pete, Peter Lafleur school of thought, <laughs> right? Uh, not that I'm not goal oriented or that yeah. I don't strive, strive to do excellent work. Yeah. Um, but I've never really had the goal to be like top in anything yeah. like the ultimate junior high director yeah <laughs> woo um no and but even in i i loved playing sports in high school and i would have i dedicated a huge section chunk time of my life to that but it was never really um to be the best that i could be mm. um it was a uh, filler in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, anyway, so that's neither here nor there in this particular conversation. But I think that that we we can do that. And I think okay, let me let me throw back at you something else. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you're not spending all that time in the weight room or drawing up plays or watching yeah. film or something like that, what else are you going to be doing? Are you not just going to be sitting on the couch watching Netflix? not pursuing excellence and still finding idols to fill your time? I think, well, that's a good, I mean, I think you can find idols everywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As John Calvin famously put it, the human heart is an idol factory. Ooh. And I think, you know, there's a, at least in English, which he was not writing in English, but there's a dual meaning for idol. Yeah. <laughs> it's an idol factory, I-D-L-E, or an idol factory, I-D-O-L. But anyways, 
Yeah. <laughs> idol factory. So it creates idols. So we, we will find things to, and I think we can get into exactly what is an idol. Yeah, yeah. If we're saying, are these things becoming idols? But I think... Um, but before you go on, I think your point is is well taken because when we look up to these people, we look up to Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, like whatever. Patrick you Mahomes. Know. Yeah. Let's get some Midwest we, people here. We say they are my idol. Like quite yeah, literally. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> American what idol. They yeah. have, what they have achieved is idolatrous. Like that's who yeah. I want to be. Yes. And so I think okay, maybe we refer to them as an idol, but what did it take for them to get there? Yeah. That, in my mind, kind of, you have to equate with idolatry in some yeah. in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Um, well, and, and, and well, this, this gets us into kind of what, what is idolatry, but just to your question about if you're not in the weight room, if you're not doing those things, I mean, I think about, each person is going to be different and each person has different responsibilities. But I think that gets us back to, you know, what does it mean to repent? The kingdom of God is at hand. What does it mean to, you know, follow me? What does Mm -hmm. it mean to take up your crosses and follow Christ on a daily Mm -hmm. basis? And Netflix probably isn't the like top of the list of what it means to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Uh, Even though we've been watching the queen's gambit, which is, it's good. Quite good. But um, but I, I do think in that there's a lot of, I, I think about, and, and this is not of any of necessarily any of these people that we've been talking about, but I, I think of stories of um, my, my parents worked with a guy and a couple who's having some marital issues. This was a long time ago. And he was like a workout fanatic. And he was, he was like climbing all the 14ers and I think had plans to, you know, climb i don't know go to the um you know climb mount everest or something like that that level of just like fitness achieving excellence in terms of fitness and it was like destroying his marriage i mean it was it become so all-encompassing and so he was so like obsessive about it that he didn't have time or or grace or like bandwidth for anything else mm-hmm. um for his kids for his for his wife Right. It was this it was this thing that he was pursuing. And I think for him it had become be had become an idol and and other things were suffering the consequence of that. Um and I think when you think about we have a call to love neighbor and to love those in our lives and to you know to to serve and to just be present to, right? That's a big part of, of mm-hmm. love is just being present and showing up and um putting other things first um even in front of our ourselves and so i think if i'm pursuing this thing this is what i want this is what my mind and goal is set toward um you know like how how does that take an air of service how does that take an air of of uh doing this in like um for the sake of something else that's not me yeah um I'm going to pump the brakes for a sec. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to speak to those of you who may be like me and be a little less goal oriented and more uh, go with the flow. And this may be, you may be on the other side of this coin to where um, you're about to turn this off because you're like, ah, this, this episode's not for me because I don't, I don't really care about setting goals or pursuing excellence anyway. Um, 
what I want to say to you, and this is coming from a very particular place in my life too, and in my personality, is that if we are, we're talking about living life on the vine, being connected to Jesus, being yeah. uh, tied to the vine. And if we are to um, be with Jesus, he's the model of excellence, mm. right? Yeah. As, in As humanity. I mean, he's God and human. Yeah. And he's the most perfect human that there was. And so there is a call for us as Christians to pursue excellence in all of the things that we do. God created us and he created us to work, right? Yeah. And he created us with purpose. Yeah. So work if, is not not a result of the fall. No. The the like sweat and tears of work, that's a result of the fall, mm-hmm. not work itself. Right. Yeah. So we are created to pursue God, but we're also created to pursue uh, I don't want to say things, but we're created with a sense of pursuit in mm. us um, mm. to do um, things or do work that God has called us yeah. to do. Yeah. And so I I think where this gets a little bit hairy and may be rather intuitive to you, <laughs> but may not be intuitive to other people, yeah. is... Um, is that 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 we are called to be excellent yes. and we are called to do everything that we do yeah. with excellence yeah. to set an example which yeah. is why it's so sad that we have right air quotes christian things that suck right you know yeah. because yeah. we where if we are representing god god gives god is good and he is the master of all things and we recreate really crummy things so i saw on the news um a few weeks ago it it's really funny i bet you you guys can find it out there on the internet somewhere but it was a story that they did on really poor um what's it called restoration projects so it's like these valuable pieces of art or like these facades on a Mm. building that have like all this renaissance or art deco or like whatever it's like these beautiful like gargoyles that are like hanging off the side of buildings and they're crumbling so they need to be restored and then the person gets done restoring it and it's like not good like it looks like (laughs) i did it or like it was a play-doh project that campbell did yeah like i'm not exaggerating either it's like how are you a professional and you make money at this and that is what you come up with or uh another one that you can find really easily is uh cristiano ronaldo he got a, a bust made of him yeah and it's like the first one he's had a couple of busts made of him yeah uh, and the second one definitely looks more like him. But the first one, they unveiled it, and he got blasted. Everyone got blasted because it looks nothing like him. So just look up <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo bust. bust. And that the reason I'm telling you that is because that's oftentimes what our recreation of things are as Christians yeah. are, yeah. you know, yeah. not excellent. Yeah. And we hold it up as, yay, this is Christian. And we wave our banner behind it as a collective. And honestly, we get laughed at. 
by yeah. the rest of the world yeah. because it's not good. Well, I think, I mean, and in, in so many different areas, I would say too that excellence is a, is actually a way of, of loving a neighbor. And it's a way of, as well as, you know, living into God's original intent. I mean, if God put Adam and Eve in the garden to tend it and to care for it, to sort of continue that work of creation. We're becoming co-creators with God. We are created in the image of a creator God. And so when we create, when we craft, when we make things, when we do things, we're, we're imaging, we're reflecting back on God. So wouldn't we want that to be excellent? And I, I think, you know, any craft, uh, Parks and Recreation, Ron Swanson makes the comment that any, uh, uh, any contractor is a, is a crook. He said, not to make generalizations, but every contractor is a crook and a thief. You know, that's his line about contractors. Sorry to any contractors out there. But if you're a contractor, if you're working on someone's house, you know, if you're um, laying brick, I, I, my parents lived in California for a while and had someone from their church lay like a brick fireplace and it was awful. And they were like, we shouldn't have had someone from the church do it. We should have like hired it out because then we couldn't say anything, right? Um and that's like if you're a mechanic, if you're if you're in any of these, um, if you're in finance, you know, if, if you're working with people's money and you're a Christian, and especially if you are letting people know that you're a Christian, then you had better be excellent at what you do because that really does reflect on on God. Yeah, and and it, I think it is an aspect of love. Like you are serving, even though it's a job. You are serving others. You are doing the best that you can. You are doing things excellently as a reflection on, hey, God has crafted me, and I am crafting this. I'm giving this to you. So I, I think that's a good. And I'm, uh, I am, you know, I, I say I'm a recovering perfectionist. So, so it, it is good. Like Jackson and I may be coming at this from very different, different angles, different angles, which is which is good because we're on the same page on a lot of things. And this maybe an area where personality wise we're just a little bit different. So I've struggled just a little bit. A little more with probably the idolatry aspect of excellence in my life. And I've struggled more with the, the lack of excellence in my <laughs> life. <laughs> uh, no, I I I'm I'm finding my way. I I'm also finding that as I'm older, as I get older, I want more excellence in my life it's like i want things to be done the right way like i'm it's like i'm a progressive commercial like i'm becoming more like my dad (laughs) i love those commercials (laughs) they're so funny oh my gosh Uh, oh you're using a spanner wrench good choice remember you hired him (laughs) there's no place to sit on this couch you have too many pillows (laughs) oh my gosh her face she's like no uh, what are we trying to do air condition the entire neighborhood (laughs) <laughs> the guy walks by in the hardware store with the blue hair and he's yeah. like we all see it we all see we it. all see it oh <laughs> uh, love it i yeah. love it um, anyways yeah but yeah i i'm some of that starting to 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 come out a little bit more but yeah so my question is okay so we've talked about like the pursuit of excellence and like why it's important to pursue excellence yes. okay now yeah. let's get to kind of the the counterbalance of that when does it become idolatry and how how do we identify even how do we even identify an idol yeah and what that is like so i have i think that's really good so i have two quotes from uh timothy keller and he's awesome he is awesome Uh, i wrote a book called counterfeit gods and 
two quotes about idols, which I think are really, really helpful. And then um, I'll bring in some Augustine because you got to go August- to Augustine in this stuff. But um, so here's the first one. What is an idol? Great question, right? Great question. Uh, it is anything more important to you than God. And then kind of goes on to explain what that means. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give. So anything that's more important to you than God, anything that absorbs or kind of takes up the bandwidth of your heart and your mind, your imagination more than God, anything you seek to give you what only God can give. And we can dig into what is it that only God can give you. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and then uh, second definition, he says, a counterfeit, a counterfeit God, an idol, is anything so central and essential to your life that should you lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. Boom. 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 I I like his explanation of idolatry. Yeah. Because I think what I what I see a lot of within our students, but also within parents, is the what was the very first part of it anything that more important that is more important than god well i think everyone acknowledges no there's nothing more important than god god is more important you know is most important so i'm good as long as i recognize that god is most important uh i don't i don't have anything else that's that is more important than god yeah and they leave it there Mm. as a mental exercise of what my priorities should be and not an inventory of what my priorities are. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, if you were to encourage someone to take a inventory Uh of what reality is in their lives, Uh how might one go about doing that? Well, that is a good question. Um, Thank you. So I've heard it explained many different ways or challenge, like a challenge in many different ways. You can look at where you spend the most time, mm-hmm. okay? So uh, what t- takes up most of your time and most of your energy? Um, money, what you spend your money on. Yeah. Um, uh, I think a lot of it is just also... Um, I, I liked his counterfeit God explanation too. Yeah. Um, if, if you were to take away something, would you still be okay? Yeah. So like, yeah. I, and I think that this gets especially hard when you have like, when you consider family, right? Mm. Cause we don't want to lose yeah. family. We don't want to yeah. lose anything and we don't want to put, family ahead of god we don't want to put our mom or dad or our uh, our spouse or our children ahead of god but oftentimes in our heart that can get jumbled up and we know mentally that's not where we want we want the priorities to be switched but in our heart they're a little bit different would i be okay with just god and not my family yeah and if the answer is no then could your family be an idol I mean, that's like a harsh pill to swallow and one that I swallow often and have to reorient my heart towards God. And 
not I, away from my family, but just towards God. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, and I think that's that's a really important distinction, and and Lewis sort of has has a great quote on this at the end of Mere Christianity. But it's in some ways it's it's not always necessarily about turning our heart away from something. Sometimes we are called to do that. Yeah. And this gets back into one of the early episodes on like sin and sin and self and the devil and some of those things that distract us from the kingdom, from repentance and what are we turning from? What are we turning toward? But the, the primary, the, the, the big, the thesis of the Christian life is turning toward God. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the gift that God gives to us is that in looking to God, then we are, he is gracious and compassionate. And there's a lot that comes with that. There's a lot of life and joy and peace and hope and fellowship and community that comes with God. And, you know, we want love in a marriage. We want affection in a marriage or in any relationship. We want to feel known and we want to feel seen. We want to feel safe. We want to feel trust. You know, we want to, we want all of those things. And, um, and yet if that becomes idolatrous, if that becomes the thing that is more important to us than God, then actually those things that we want from it um, become more more difficult. And I think we find when we actually, when God becomes the first thing, when we're pursuing Him, then He actually kind of steps in and and yeah brings about more of that that trust and wholeness and joy and peace, and He kind of enables that to take place. Yeah, I think it was actually your parents came and did a staff chapel or like a staff training for yeah. us, and they mm-hmm. they likened it to a wheel. Yeah. And like the hub of the wheel and spokes. And the yeah. hub of the wheel should be God. Okay. Right. Right. That's first and foremost step. Okay. Right. right. Hub of the wheel should be God. It shouldn't be anything else. And then there's spokes going out that are, you know, our romantic relationships, our friendships, our work, our right. hobbies, our children, our whatever, whatever those spokes are, yeah. they're gifts that God has given us. Their talents that God has given us, their responsibilities that God has given us. And any time that our hub of the wheel moves out of center, mm-hmm. so maybe something else starts to pull towards the center yeah. of our life, and that displaces the hub of mm. the wheel. Yeah, that's good. Now you have a wonky wheel. <laughs> <laughs> wonky wheel. Have you heard of the children's book, The Wonky Donkey? Yes, we love The Wonky yeah, Donkey. Yeah, anyways, The Wonky Wheel. You got a wonky wheel. Yeah, so now you got, a, you got a wonky wheel. You got a yeah. wonky wheel. Yeah. And so it's not that you need to get rid of a spoke. You need to recenter the hub. Right. Right? And right. you need to put the spoke back into its place. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's, you know, Augustine talks about just the, the ordering of our loves. Yeah, you know, exactly. And it's not about always removing things and, and i think what, one of the realities is that it's the the things that are more worthy of love that are often the the things that can become the most idolatrous right mm-hmm. because the, the the closer something gets in intrinsic value and worth then the greater the capacity to receive love and therefore the more that it can vie with god i mean i think it's why you know why uh Satan was the, the the greatest of the angels. Like there's something about that that we even being created in the image of God have the greater capacity for sin than a dog, 
right? Because because the the greater thing can sin to a greater extent. Family is worthy of love. You know, uh, a spouse or a, a parent or a child is worthy of love, right? Should be loved, and so therefore has the capacity to become a greater idol than yeah. a Mars bar. Yeah. Uh, although <laughs> Mars bar, I wouldn't go there. You know, if you're talking uh, about uh, Snickers, Snickers or, yeah, okay. Uh, Reese's Take Five is the the recent that's, one that I'm like, oh yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, um, I'm a big Kit Kat fan too. Really? Yeah, I like the wafer. I think it's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's got a nice crunch to it. Yeah, yeah. So, anywho, that's a little <laughs> bit different when we're talking about relationship there yeah. than. And and we want to be excellent in our relationships right, too, but right. I think the same can be with craft. Okay, one of those spokes that I talked about is work. Right. Right. And so for, you know, Russell Wilson, for instance, yeah. or any professional athlete, that is their work. Like right. that's quite literally their work. And right. who doesn't want? I mean, there are people out there that don't want to be good at their work. Yeah. But it's important to be good at your work. Yes. Right. Yeah. One is a representative of Christ, because you are representing excellence in a craft. Yeah. Um, and you're, it's, it's a way to love your neighbor, as Dan had already said. Um, but I, I, all I think about when we look at Russell Wilson um, and his dedication to his work is that it's a spoke of that wheel. Yeah. And so as long as God is the hub and yeah. is still there at the central piece of the wheel and is not being overtaken by by the work aspect or the fame that comes with his particular craft yeah or um any anything else yeah then i think you can get you know you could argue that he's not at the top of his craft right now um (laughs) (laughs) that gives me great joy hey they're still winning yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I won't well, take stabs personally at Russell Wilson because I have nothing against him personally. Yeah. I have something against Dan and his fanship. That's of, true. I do post pictures of Russell Wilson around your cubicle. It's, that it has been you. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! I have a few that are still up because you I, do. Yeah. I like the one that's like right behind your list of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> like looking over. <laughs> Uh, I haven't uh, defaced it yet. Yeah. Usually yeah. I deface them and then yeah put them in Dan's office. It's kind of helping you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that two things that come to mind about this. One, maybe three things. Idolatry is not the same for every person. Mm. And I think when it, when we get into these conversations, it's easy to look at someone else and say, well, because of time spent or um, pursuit or x y or z this must be an idol for them or maybe because if i was in that position i know that it would be challenging for me um but people have different idols Mm. fame success um being the best those can be idols for people or they as we've talked about that might not be your idol i mean maybe your idol is like comfort and ease and just kind of sliding through life right and that can be its own idol yeah so i think that I think comfort is a huge idol. I think it's a huge idol. It's insane. And it's like not an excellent thing. You know, it's not, you can't be like, I am the most comfortable, (laughs) you know? 
I mean, you can, but yeah. when we talk about comfort, it's like ease in how we get our food, ease in how we, you know, um, you know, just wanting to turn off our brains at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just, it. I think it's a huge, yeah. it, even just like climate control. It's like right. we, we will expend so much energy to make sure that we're warm or yeah. when it's cold outside or cold when it's yeah. warm outside and we won't do certain things because oh yeah. it's too hot or yeah. oh and and i mean like there are physical like reasons why you shouldn't exert yourself when it's like way too hot outside but yeah. when it's like ooh i can't go do this you know hand out food for people right because it's really hot outside like no. you have a comfort yeah. idol problem yeah, yeah. so so being aware of your own idols. Yeah. Sorry. And then I think the second one is along with that and, and knowing that different people's idols are different is just a self-awareness because I, I, that, I don't know. I, I think that we can, and this is one of the areas where the community can be helpful of saying like, Hey, I think this is becoming an idol for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think when you're in close community with people, they can see that. Um, I, I remember a story of one of our, uh, a coworker a while back, something happened um, and they were just like super frustrated about it and what had happened and the situation had changed. And they were asked the question, hey, which of your idols got knocked over? And for them, that was like really what they needed to hear because mm-hmm. it, it, it was. It was something that they were like clinging to for this meaning, purpose, something that they'd sort of put identity in and it got knocked down. It got taken away and it really disrupted them. So I think that we, we can use that. We also need some amount of self-awareness of like, when is this becoming an idol for me? Yeah. When is this pursuit becoming something that is I'm obsessing over, or I know that if this got taken away, like I know, um, you know, I'm a pastor. So like if I, so if I, I don't know, stop being a pastor you know if i something happened would would that like crush me you know what would would my identity somehow be be lessened would my sense of of self and who i am in christ would that somehow be taken away or diminished if i wasn't a pastor mm-hmm. you know is my identity all about that role it can get wrapped up in that and and how or if i preach a bad sermon right that happens right if, if i preach a bad sermon no then, it doesn't dan oh, shucks no it does it does um but if I preach a bad sermon, is that, is that, you know, can I deal with that, right? I think that's when those things can become. So self-awareness, I think, is important. Um, and then the final thing is we talked about sort of assessing idols and thinking about time and money and energy and all that stuff. And I think this is where the book, The Practice of the Presence of God, and that sort of concept, or I think of Sky Jathani's book, With, With yeah. are really, really important because I think for most of us, when we look at our lives, the thickest spoke time-wise is always going to be work. Yeah. Right? And the better you want to be at your work, the more oftentimes time you spend there, and then the bigger that becomes. And so I want to say... I want to hear your thoughts too, but I want to say that the the goal then is not necessarily to make sure that your like time at church hub or spoke, sorry, spoke is the same size as your work spoke or the same hours. Like, okay, I work 40 hours a week, so therefore I'm doing church stuff 40 hours a week. 
but it's more about recognizing that the hub relationship with God is like infused into all of the spokes. Right. Makes its way into all of the spokes. Right. So you're not just, work is not uh, a portion of your life separate from your relationship with God or like church is where I relate to God and then work, you know, right? Right. It's not compartmentalized. It's not compartmentalized. Exactly. And I think that's important too because I think people could listen to this like, well, you guys work at a church, yeah. right? Like, right. You, it's easy for you to have God and work coincide and whatever but like that's not me you know i'm a lawyer i'm a teacher i'm a mechanic i'm a financier whatever yeah, like i'm yeah. an accountant like my it's it's well, the accountants are doomed but <laughs> to board there's no godliness in that num- those numbers <laughs> i'm sorry i just like could hey, never God be created a- things orderly and numbers are orderly uh, but accounting is not anyway no i'm sure that it is i just don't understand it i thank god for accountants because that's and i'm so glad that he did not call me to be Be an an accountant accountant. yeah (laughs) because yes yeah i would rather be an engineer than an accountant that's fair yeah yeah which i would be a horrible engineer (laughs) but anyway the world might not want you to be an engineer rather than an accountant no no yeah uh talk about being like excellent or not being excellent i'd be the worst engineer in the world yeah which i do think gets in this is sorry there's lots of places this is like a a, i feel like a Mm -hmm. core topic that goes out so many different places but the importance of figuring out how has god gifted you what what is how is god where is god calling you yeah i think is part of this plays into that yeah i think when when you talk about self-awareness um and uh, let let me back up to what kind of something that you just said when you talk about this is my hope and i think that this is what essentially we're trying to get at with life on the vine and what jesus is trying to get at in john 15 is that church is not a spoke on your wheel Mm. god is the hub and and I know that church is like a thing, an activity, a place where we gather, mm. but it is not the pl- it, it is not the temple. It is not where we access God. Yes. It is not yes. so it's not its own thing. I think that uh, God is our hub, and mm. within that hub of the wheel is, church if mm. that makes sense mm. is community okay yeah, yeah. i don't even want to say church it's it's community yeah. what community yeah. of believers are you yeah. are you with so that i think that that's part of it now i get where you can maybe make it a spoke if you're just looking at time allocation yeah i i can yeah. understand that yeah. but when we're looking at it as priorities mm. wise yeah like being at church or being in worship or being in community is not a spoke aspect Mm. it is part of the hub Mm. if you are not in community if you are not and i know that in worship it is like all sorts of context right now right now yeah um, yeah or subtext or whatever text it is but yeah that is part that is central finding ways to worship finding ways to worship right And, and and not that we should replace like actual 
gathering in community with other things, but you can worship through your work and you can worship at school and you can worship while you are parenting and you can worship, you know, all these different ways in all these things. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's what you were saying with practice of the presence of God. Um, but I, I just caution you to make, don't make church its Mm. own spoke. Yeah. I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, so I think being self-aware is also another huge thing that you said too, um, because you got to be self-aware of your giftings mm-hmm. and so, uh, aware of God's calling, which can be really difficult at times too, yeah. especially when you're talking about, um, it, it, that can take time to unfold, yeah. you know? And so that can be frustrating, especially when you're talking to like a student. Right. Um, but I, I see the pursuit of excellence so often in our students because mm-hmm. like what you said uh, at the very beginning, they're just bombarded with this is what it means to be successful Yeah, is, is well, schooling. Right. And some people who are more like me can just throw their hands up and just be like, okay, cool. Give me the C or D I'll yeah. squeak through and then whatever. Yeah. Right. Which well, is I think st- we, still not putting your best foot yeah, forward. Yeah. Um, but I think something we conflate, I think it's really, really important because we conflate success with excellence. And I think we we conflate a particular, like, trajectory of success mm-hmm. with being excellent. You know, and I think about, you know, Scripture tells us to, to be, you know, to be excellent in, in like, love and compassion. And, and I, I think there's there's a, the realm of excellence, the pursuit of excellence as a Christian, uh, we when we've been talking most a lot about vocation is is maybe broader yeah than we yeah, might yeah. consider it but i anyways I, I think that's um the world has a particular view of what is what is success and how does excellence lead us to that success right and that's something that christians i think can question well and i think it gets really hard in parenting too because you want your kids to be excellent and you want your kids to set themselves up for success right in lots of different ways and so a lot of pressure can be put on academic success like there's so many students that i talk to that are like oh my gosh oh so there's this girl that uh was in um she was kind of a peripheral friend of our of of our group and uh myself and two of my roommates we were all in a physiology class together Mm -hmm. and this friend was also in that class and the first um test uh it was the three of us that studied together me and my two roommates and one roommate got uh an a i got a b and the other roommate got a c well then this friend is like i don't have anyone to study with i i would love to study with you guys yeah that's fine so she came in she studied with us and the whole time that we were studying, she's like, oh, I'm going to fail. Oh, I'm going to fail. Oh, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. Like, this is miserable. Yeah. And then we get our test grades back and she got a 98. <laughs> and yeah. I, another one of my friends got a 92. Yeah. I got a B. Yeah. And my other friend got a C. Like, yeah. And then the next test comes up and we do the same dance and and she's like oh my gosh i'm gonna fail i'm gonna fail and to her failure was not getting 100 Mm percent, not getting every single question Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and 
I see that so much in a lot of our students too, is like, okay, so you're worried about this test. Are you like, do you have an F in the class? No. Okay. Well, what if you get an F on this test? And like, are you actually going to fail this test? Yeah. Uh, no, I just think that I'm going to get a B. Okay. Well, what happens if you get a B? And, and like playing out that scenario yeah. is um, a really good exercise for them, but they've yeah. put this pressure that may yeah. exist or may not exist. Uh, they, they perceive it from their parents, from society, from, yeah. and, and it, it is kind of a phantom for most of the part. It's, it's, it's a phantom pressure that they've yeah. put on themselves. Yeah. But I, I, I think, that what we can look up as success and failure is not actually success and failure and is not the same as excellence. And the pursuit of that perfection is not the same as pursuit of excellence, especially when that perfection has taken a central place in our identity. And that if I am not perfect, then I'm worthless. Yeah. What I think that's, yeah, so important. And, and it, it feels a little bit to me like a, a little bit of a perspective thing too of are we, is there like a bar somewhere above us that we're reaching for and reaching for and reaching for and always falling short and always feeling frustrated and, or are we sort of being, I don't know, carried on the, on the like awareness that we are created and loved by a good God who has gifted us in particular ways and, and called us in particular ways. And we're, it's like workspace righteousness, right? Yeah. I mean, are we saved because of what we do or do we pursue righteousness because we've been loved and saved? Right. Right. And we believe that it's, it's the latter. Like we have been loved when we were unlovable. And therefore, because of that, in response to that, we, per, we pursue God and we seek to be righteous and we pursue holiness not to earn us his love, but because we are loved. And I think with excellence, it's the same thing. We don't pursue excellence to earn God's love. We don't pursue excellence because he set some bar way beyond us that we need to achieve. And he's, you know, some overbearing coach or parent or something over us. But but he has, because we have been gifted, because we have been called, because we have been created in his image, in response to that, we want to do the best that we can. We want to be the people that he created us to be. We want to live for his glory. We want to say whatever we do in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God, right? It's, it's a responsive posture. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's also, and it's part of that self-awareness, I think is what's the posture of our heart and why are we doing this? Um, and is it in response to something or is it in like attempting to grasp something that's out there? Um, I think for a lot of our students, we find it's, it's, there's some bar, I don't know who said it, and it's like, this is, this is what I need to grab onto. Well, and I think that the reality for them oftentimes, too, is that they've always been good enough, mm-hmm. or the problem has always been able to be solved. And yeah. so oftentimes, I, I see a uh, actually pre- pretty significant um drawing nearer to God after they have realized I've never been good enough, Hmm. you know? And it's like in academic, and again, I'll put this in air quotes because it's not actually failure. Like it's getting a B or a C for them a lot of times. 
um, in that academic failure, they realize that they're not good enough. And in a lot of senses, that's okay. That they never will be good enough, no matter how hard they try. And, and in kind of this academia has shown them that. Yeah. And in, in contrast, there are a fair number of other students who, uh, have that experience and then they vow to themselves never, never to again. miss a question ever yeah. again. Yeah. And they, they pursue that perfection all the, the, the more. So, yeah. I think that Ignatius in the Ignatius exercise, Ignatian exercises, but talks about, you know, sort of an open handed posture. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's part of it. The, the things that we're pursuing, the excellence that we desire, are we holding it with an open hand? Um, because sometimes what God, what we need in our relationship with God, which again, that's the hub, that's the most important thing, is failure. Right? Yeah. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need it because we need to re- be reminded that we are relying on, upon God. Sometimes it's uh, a door that needs to shut. Sometimes it's an idol that needs to be torn down. And I think having that awareness and having that willingness to let something go is is important for for a Christian. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was Foreigner wrote the song "Hold On Loosely." Same same concept. Yeah, it's, I'm not it's very versed in classic rock. Classic rock. Yeah, it's okay. Same concept of yeah. the open-handed posture that yeah. we don't. If when, it's when we cling tightly to something yeah. that we can, uh, I think Ignatius is the one that says it's like smoke that actually mm-hmm. like ends up pouring through our fingers and we open our yeah. hand and there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, or to quote Leia from Star Wars, the tighter you. Oh dang it! What is what's the quote? Uh, the more you tighten the grip, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. The nice. tuck in A New Hope. Yeah. To all of our Star Wars nerd fans out there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess uh, give us a, a a recap of what we talked about today. The two-minute recap. The two-minute recap. So we have been talking about excellence we've been talking about idolatry again thinking about an idol is something that is more important to us than than god um and i love the analogy that jackson used and um i guess my parents brought it to us so shout out to mom and dad ted and jane hutchinson uh but it's having christ at the at the center of our lives it's having christ at the as the hub and our relationship with god right there at the center and everything else sort of stems out from from that and so when something else is taking over that center spot that's when it's becoming an idol and within that though there's a tremendous freedom and even a call to pursue excellence um, because we're created in the image of a good and awesome God who is excellent in what mm-hmm. God does. And it's, I think it's a way in which we witness. It's a way in which we can love others. It's a way in which we can show to the world who God is that, and uh, you know, the beauty and the creativity of this God that we serve. But it's important that our pursuit of excellence is not um, a pursuit of worth or value or meaning 
that is not a pursuit of something that only God can give, but it's a responsive pursuit. We do it in response to the God who's created us, um, and it's not it's not like some random bar of excellence that we're all shooting for, but it's how has God gifted you? How has God called you um, in the area of the field? I, I, we talked a little bit about relationships. I think you know God has called us to be excellent in how we love and how we serve and how we yeah and relate I, to others. And I I think that that responsive that that responsiveness to God's grace and love and um, redemption and then to pursue excellence out of that allows us to love in radical ways Yeah, to, to even pursue excellence within a craft in radical ways or to pursue God's call, you know, God's call. That's a huge broad topic there to pursue God's call and know that when we fail, air quotes again, by earthly standards, that it's still going to be okay. When my business goes belly up, when, you know, my, uh, I, I flunk out of school, when I, you know, whatever the situation be, that it, I'm still going to have God yeah. and Christ's love and yeah. Christ is enough. If all else gets stripped away, yeah. is God enough? Is yeah. Christ enough? Um, and when the answer is yes, you can go in a boldness and you can Mm -hmm. hold loosely onto things and you can let them have their place and you can be in service of a God who gives and takes away, Mm -hmm. who, who will bless you and will remove blessing from you to give you a different one, to move you to a different stage in life, to, to use you to bring about his glory um, and we can be okay with that rather than the pursuit of our own idea of happiness yeah. or comfort or whatever idol we place there. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. I think there's a few more topics in there that uh, we've opened up that we might need to pursue at a later date. Yeah, I think so. That was... Uh, that was packed. Hopefully, we didn't put you to sleep. Yeah. Maybe you listened to this in chunks. I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. Thanks for listening, as yeah. always. Yeah. We appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, it's all about balance. We've gotten a couple suggestions, which is which have been great. Actually, yeah. a couple of these are based on suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got a suggestion for a uh, modern equivalence of folks in scripture. Yeah, so, that's going to be hard. Yeah, but we're, we're, we'll we're do gonna, it. We're going to try it. We're going to pursue it with excellence. Y- yes, we will. Which might still be mediocre. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's not particularly our gifting, but we'll do yeah. it. But we'll we, try we it. appreciate it. Uh, keep the suggestions coming. Yep. To those of us that have you know, stopped us in the halls or give us a call, thank you for doing that. Yeah, we love your feedback. Yeah. Keep letting us know what you'd like for us to talk about, and yeah. we'll talk at you later. Yeah. Happy uh happy Thanksgiving, happy Advent. Happy Advent. Christ is coming. Can't wait. Can't Campbell was like really excited the other day because she was like, Daddy, guess what? Jesus is gonna come back at the end. It's like, yeah. She's like, I cannot wait. Like, me neither. Awesome. 
has it's a I mean it, it's a cool view into like being a child right now because she doesn't understand a whole lot of things yeah but then she grasps things in like simplicity and it's like yes childlike faith man yeah she was in the car the other day Okay. Okay.